98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories. The United States has warned that climate change will cost it hundreds of billions of dollars by the end of the century. There are calls for a review of the way Hong Kong measures poverty after officials play down figures showing that more people are living below the poverty line. And at Fan Ling, the leaders are teeing off in the third round of golf's Hong Kong Open. A new government report warns that the United States faces losses of hundreds of billions of dollars from the effects of climate change by the end of the century. It clashes with President Trump, who has rolled back on environmental protection, including a promise to withdraw the US from the Paris Climate Change Agreement. The BBC's James Cook reports from Los Angeles. During a cold snap this week, President Trump tweeted, Whatever happened to global warming? Now his own government scientists have answered the question. It's here, they say. Its effects are serious, and without dramatic change, they will be catastrophic. More frequent and intense storms, droughts and fires are destroying property and may damage critical infrastructure such as bridges, power plants and refineries, the report says. Crop yields and labour productivity will decline, the poor will be hardest hit and there will be a rise in the spread of tropical diseases. The government has been urged to review how it measures poverty after officials downplayed the administration's own statistics showing more people in the city living below the poverty line. Figures released earlier this month showed poverty was at a nine-year high in 2017 and that one in five Hong Kong people was poor. But the government argued that the figures did not take into account family assets, government subsidies and various poverty alleviation measures. Chu Ki Lee, Chair Professor of Social Policy at the Education University, says it's time for a think. When they adapted the first poverty line, they promised that they will refine the measurement. But we, our academic, all urged them to use other indicators like expenditure pattern and uh, material deprivation index to measure the poverty, but they didn't do it. So I think it's a time to use other indicators. Commerce Minister Edward Yao says the government will act to defend Hong Kong against what he called any misunderstandings about the situation here, after a US congressional report suggested it was time to review the treatment of Hong Kong and mainland China as separate customs areas. Mr Yao says the report must be political in nature, given tensions between the US and China. He insists the Hong Kong government will reassert the benefits of doing business here under the one country, two systems arrangement. However, Liberal Party leader Felix Chung says the business sector at least the textile industry which he represents in LegCo has taken matters into its own hands. We did have a representative in um, August went to Washington DC and applied some local solicitor to do lobbying along with uh, textile government importer in US. Right now I think the government should do more. Whether they are doing that behind the scene we do not know. The government lobbying is very important also, but we have to do all kinds of things from the government level, from the business sector level and from politicians level. Meanwhile, Mr Yao expects Hong Kong's economic and trade growth to continue to slow in the fourth quarter of this year. The minister says the situation next year will depend on Sino-US relations and the global investment environment, and he warns the economic outlook might deteriorate further if US tariffs continue to affect businesses. 
Chief Executive Carrie Lam says a training centre for disabled people will be able to provide better services and facilities at a new site after it gives up its Kuntong home to make way for a civil service academy. Mrs Lam says the controversial plan to move the Shine Skills Centre will in fact be a win-win situation. She says a new school will be in place in an urban area before students and staff have to vacate the old premises. The international auction house Sotheby's has withdrawn three rhino horn items from its upcoming sale in Hong Kong and confirmed it will no longer offer rhino horn artefacts. The announcement comes a day after British auctioneer Bonhams announced it was cancelling a planned sale of rhino horn items and would no longer offer such products. Sotheby's says it deplores any illegal slaughter and trading of endangered wildlife and strongly supports conservation efforts from the global community. The decision was welcomed by Alex Hofford, a campaigner for Wild Aid Hong Kong. So now we've got the three big British auction houses in Hong Kong, none of them offering rhino horn, which sends a strong signal to the market that these kind of products made out of rhino horn are are no longer desirable uh, or acceptable in society. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Millions of people in Taiwan head to the polls today in key elections. The island-wide vote for political representatives from village up to city level is seen as a mid-term test for embattled President Tsai Ing-wen as she faces a backlash over domestic reforms and concerns about deteriorating ties with the mainland. The ballot also features 10 referenda, including pro- and anti-gay marriage votes. The BBC's Cindy Sue has more. As well as casting votes for candidates in 22 cities and counties, voters will also vote on a number of referendums on issues including whether to legalize same-sex marriages. Taiwan's high court last year ordered the law be amended to recognize same-sex marriages, sparking hopes the island will be the first in Asia to do so. But religious groups gathered enough signatures to put referendum initiatives on the ballot to stop this from happening. Also on the ballot is a referendum on whether to change the Olympic team's name to Taiwan instead of Chinese Taipei, a move that would further anger Beijing. Deforestation in Brazil's Amazon region has reached its highest level in a decade, increasing by nearly 14% since last year. Environmental organizations say illegal logging and expanding agriculture continue to be the major factors in the destruction of the Amazon. The BBC's Leonardo Roche reports. Satellite images collected by the government show that a huge area of forest of nearly 8,000 square kilometers was cleared in the year up to July. Environmental groups say they're extremely concerned. There's increasing pressure from international markets for soya beans and other crops. Greenpeace and other organizations say the Brazilian government has done little to protect the Amazon. They fear the situation will get worse from January when the far-right president-elect Jair Bolsonaro is sworn in. He has promised to ease environmental restrictions to encourage growth in Brazil's agribusiness sector. The Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has said he still hasn't got the British guarantees he wants on Gibraltar, suggesting that a summit in Brussels tomorrow to approve the Brexit deal could be called off. On a visit to Cuba, Mr Sanchez said if there was no agreement on the draft deal, then the most likely outcome was that the summit would be cancelled. In respect of Gibraltar, I say to you that the guarantees are still not sufficient. And so consequently, Spain is maintaining its veto over the Brexit deal. 
Members of the Baha'i religious faith in Iran say they are facing increasing social and economic repression by the authorities. Last week, the United Nations adopted a resolution calling on Iran to protect its minorities. With more details, here's the BBC's John McManus. Baha'i faith was founded by a Persian man, but in current-day Shia Iran, many say they face economic and social discrimination, which is increasing. Members who run shops say their attempts to close them on Baha'i religious holidays has resulted in the authorities sealing the shops and summoning the owners to court. Nine other Baha'is have been given a combined prison sentence of over 40 years after being found guilty of engaging in propaganda against the state, charges they refute. Iran denies that it targets the community because of its beliefs. In golf, the leaders are just starting their third round at the Hong Kong Open. And for the latest, we cross to Fan Ling and Mike Weeks. Thanks, Bill. And in fact, the leading group are through the first four holes here at Fan Ling, and there's no change at the very top, with Aaron Rye maintaining his lead, although his four-shot shot overnight cushion has now been cut to three. The Englishman's playing partner, Park Hyo Won, birdied the second and third to move within two of Rye, while Matthew Fitzpatrick went but one better, birdie eagle, to move three off the lead. But Rye has just birdied uh, hole number four and is now uh, 15 under par as he heads to the fifth hole. Australia's Jason Scribner was also three under through the first three holes to move to nine under par. Tommy Fleetwood, who finished third in the European Tour's just-concluded race to Dubai, had a woeful start to his third round, putting his ball in the middle of the adjacent fairway on his way to a bogey, but he recovered with a birdie on three to stay at six under. Great conditions here at Famling for scoring, and lots of action still to come here on Moving Day at the Hong Kong Open. This is Mike Weeks at the Open for RTHK. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The United States is warned that climate change will cost it hundreds of billions of dollars by the end of the century. There are calls for a review of the way Hong Kong measures poverty after officials play down figures showing that more people are living below the poverty line. And at Fan Ling, the leaders are teeing off in the third round of golf's Hong Kong Open. That's the news from RTHK. Welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3pm. This week we have two musical themes of interest. First, our featured EP from Cape Verdean Funana diva Lura. And a new selection of hot new hits from a lot of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first track from our featured EP from Lura, stage name for Maria de Lourdes Assunção Pina. Born in Lisbon, Portugal, from Cape Verdean parents, she's been recording since the late 90s. She's already got six LPs under her belt, and she's just released her latest EP, four tracks, The Rain. The title is Algem de Algem, Portuguese for Someone from Someone. So let's have a listen to Lura and this track. It's all Funana. Actually, a traditional, very backyard, poor black uh, genre in the colonial times in Cape Verde that she's brought up to f- speed. <laughs> speed is the right word. This is Funana for the dance floor. Let's have a listen to the title track, Algem di Algem, Lura. <laughs> 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 